The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So I am super duper duper excited to introduce you to my friend and our next mentor. Why do we do this? Okay. We have been doing Leap now for 15 years and it's been a phenomenal experience and keeps growing and growing and growing. 2020, big pivot, right? I mean, we had to do it virtually. Last year, we did it virtually and we did it live for about 50 students. We're hoping that 2022 will be full on live and virtual like to the end of the universe. I mean, we, I think like 10,000 students hope. Um, so we do have the, the dates. Uh, we just got them. It will be uh, July 17th to the 24th back at UCLA again. And I think they're going to probably have the same rule where you need to be vaccinated in order to be in the program and stay on campus. So go get vaccinated and um, we should have an amazing lineup. Our Meet the Mentor podcast has exploded. We're in the top two and a half percent of all podcasts worldwide. It's crazy. You're like number one in Yemen, number two in Iceland, number three in Finland. Like, I don't even know people there. Uh, And we don't even promote it. It's just crazy. And so today we have a really special guest. I've actually known Lance, I just looked in his chart, since 2005. So let me read a little intro and we'll get right into this. Lance Bass is the quintessential illustration of a highly successful and driven jack-of-all-trades, singer, host, actor, producer, writer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and yes, cosmonaut. Beyond his fame as a member of the phenomenally successful group in sync, where the group sold an impressive 80 million plus records worldwide, Bass has made himself a household name with countless career highlights in music, including multiple Grammy nominations, two Diamond RIAA Awards, MTV Video Music Awards, American Music Awards, People Choice Awards, and even an Oscar nomination for his smash hit, Music of My Heart. He is also a host of shows such as Entertainment Tonight and Bachelor in Paradise, which my kids love. Lance is also an investor, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and soon-to-be father of twins, just like me. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome you to our show, Lance. How are you? I'm doing good, doctor. How are you? I'm great. Let's just jump right into it. How did it all start? I mean, at what point in your life did you say, you know what? Like, I want to get into entertainment. Yeah. Um, You know, it started early for me. I, uh, you know, as a kid, I grew up in a very small town of like 2000 people. And, you know, being a closeted kid, um, it was very hard for a boy to like music and to like dancing and all that, you know, and want to go into that field. So I had to really kind of, you know, not focus on that. My sister always did all those, but I was so jealous that she would got to do all the, you know, that type of stuff. And I secretly wanted to be a part of it. But when I, when I was about 10 years old, I moved to another town called Clinton, which was a little bigger of a town, but they were known for music. 
uh, it was a town that had the number one show choir in the world. Um, and all my friends, my new friends there, their older brothers and sisters were in the groups. And it was just, that's what you did. You either played football or you were in this number one show choir. So it was a lot easier for me to get into music um, and entertainment because everyone in the town was. Uh, and it, you know, I didn't feel like I was being outed at all. Uh, I was just being very supported. So, um, you know, I was probably my first, uh, one of the first times I realized, like, this is what I want to do. Uh, I joined this group called Mississippi Showstoppers, and I think I was 13 years old. <laughs> and uh, what they do is they audition all these kids in Mississippi, and then they get a troop of, like, 40 kids. And uh, we worked for the Agriculture Museum. We got paid $100 a year. I mean, that was big for you know 13 year old. Uh, and we would go around the country singing uh, songs uh, from Mississippi artists to promote the state. So we would go to D.C. and New York and all these different places uh, to really uh, yeah, to promote our state and show what we can do there. Um, and so that kind of got my feet wet with entertainment. And that's uh, that's how I got introduced to this guy, Bob Westbrook, um, who was our vocal coach for this group. And uh, a few of my friends decided we wanted to compete at the state fairs. And so we created uh, my very first boy band, which back in those days, there was no such word as a boy band. But we created this boy band of seven guys called Seven, seven Card Stud. <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, we were, I mean, it was all this kind of acapella group. Um, and we would go perform at state fairs and try to win competitions. Um, but it was because of that vocal coach um that i met justin timberlake and he had the same vocal coach and so when they were putting together in sync uh chris kirkpatrick formed the group and he asked justin and jc to join and then they ran into joey patone and he joined the band uh, and then they lost their bass singer and i was a true bass since i was you know 14 years old um and bob said to justin look i got the perfect guy for this but his mom will never let him do it <laughs> so uh um, so they convinced me to come down to Orlando, meet the guys, um, immediately fell in love with them, thought it was just an incredible group. Uh, we sang the Star Spangled Banner together and there was just some kind of magic that happened. And I knew at that moment this was going to be uh, my career. So did you feel like that was probably like your big break into entertainment? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I had great mentors and it's so great to have mentors growing up, you know, having that teacher that you really just you know, loved. And I mean, David Fair, my my show choir director of Attaché at this high school in Clinton, he's the one who instilled everything in me that I use today. Um, uh, you know, I'm the first on set and I'm the last on set to leave um, because I just want to work really, really hard. And it's because of this mentor I had at, at such an early age. He really just kind of set up um, what, what I was going to be like in this business. Um, so having someone like that was just really incredible to, and to encourage me to, you know, to get in this business, but it was that moment of joining in sync where it was the turning point where I knew that I could actually make a career out of this. You joined this group. You had no idea what was going to happen after that. Right. I mean, you just thought you joined an acapella group and yeah. you guys were going to make some things like when did it first hit you like, oh, my gosh, this thing is going to be enormous. Well, yeah, I mean, I was definitely not a dancer <laughs> at all. Um, you know, I I never took dance classes or anything like that. 
But, you know, with show choir, you learned how to do, you know, the show choir dancing. So at least it taught me how to learn choreography and, uh, you know, and how to, you know, quickly pick up things. But when we joined NSYNC, I thought it was, I thought it was an acapella group. Um, I didn't know we would be dancing at all. <laughs> um, and so the, after a couple of weeks knowing the guys, like, okay, we're going to choreography class. I'm like, what? So um, I had to learn very quickly. I would, I'd have to stay way later with a choreographer and, uh, you know, and I basically had to learn how to dance within a few months, um, which was pretty, pretty crazy. And yeah, I mean, the, so I didn't know that a group like ours would work in America. So my expectations were, oh, we would just be the local acapella group that Disney World hired. And we would just be that, that group that's like going around the park singing acapellas. That's, that was as big as I thought it could get at the beginning. Um, and then as time went on and it took us forever to get a record deal, like no one wanted to sign us. Um, no one in America wanted to sign us. And then we finally, uh, we finally got signed to BMG Areola in Munich, Germany, uh, because apparently the biggest market over in Europe was this thing called boy bands. And there was 20 of them. And, uh, there was a group called the Backstreet Boys that were just killing it overseas. And, uh, and this, you know, Germany just loves these American bands. Uh, so they signed us. We went over and it was it was such a strange experience because before we even got to Germany, we were on the covers of all the magazines. Like it just it was such an overnight and like overnight situation there where we went from being unknown to one of the biggest bands in Europe. Uh, like then, the Beatles when the Beatles came to the US, right? Exactly. And they started in Germany also. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, been a good sign. Um, so for two years, we lived in Germany and we were one of the biggest bands around. But it didn't seem real to me because I didn't know anything about the German television and German radio. It's like, you know, the Tonight Show and all that and SNL. I didn't know the big shows that we were doing. They didn't mean anything to me. So it, it, seemed, it just felt like a fake life. Um, and then you would come home to Orlando and, you know, your friends are like, thinking, think you're lying. They're like, really? Okay. People like chase you down the street and you're up and no one, you can't even get arrested in America. <laughs> you know? um, so we never thought that we would be able to come to America. We didn't think that this country would accept a group like ours. Um, and then that changed very quickly. Um, you know, we, we launched in America in 98 and, um, we did, you know, we came out with our first song, I Want You Back, which did okay. I think it hit the top 30. And, you know, for us, that was disappointing because we were used to like number ones with every release right. that we do. But now we uh, we have a little bit of, uh, you know, like slap back down to reality of like, all right, you're starting over. You are starting over in this country. And we did. We started back in the clubs and trying to win over the fan base. Um, but it wasn't until we uh, we got offered a Disney Channel special um that it it blew us up uh we they started doing these hour specials and it was the first time america really got to see us as personalities and so they spent an hour with us really getting to know us and going home with us but then it was the through line was this concert that we put on and they played that thing two times a day for six months on the disney channel and it went from yeah i've heard of the, that group to holy crap i mean it we sold 10 million records within the next year. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what just really blew us up here in America. And then, you know, I, I got to think that at a certain point, 
this had to be kind of horrifying too. I mean, here you are experiencing all this success. You grow up in this small town, you know, religious, you know, city. Now all of a sudden you're all over the world. You, you know, your group became bigger than life. You're this, you know, heartthrob, you know, girls are throwing themselves at you and you're doing concerts. And inside, I read your book. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil. How did you deal with all that? You know, um, it, it was a pretty lonely journey. Uh, you know, I started with NSYNC when I was 16. So, you know, that's the age where you really start figuring out yourself. And especially for a closeted person, it's, it's the scary time. Uh, in life because all your friends are starting to date and you're starting to realize, oh my gosh, like I have to really deal with my sexuality right now. Um, and as I was starting to deal with my sexuality, being in high school, um, I got put in this group and in a way it was a great thing for a closeted person because then you had an excuse of not dating because you're like, I'm too busy. Like I'm trying to get my career off. So like, I have no time for, for relationships. Um, and that only lasts for a little while because then eventually you get to the point where well, all the other guys are dating right now and they have girlfriends. Um, so well, the hormones kick in. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, and it's just, it was, it was a scary time because, you know, look, the nineties was a different time. Um, you know, coming out of the closet, uh, in the music industry was uh, a career killer. Um, you were very encouraged never to talk about your personal life. Um, and I thought that, you know, I had four of my best friends, you know, career in my hands. And at any moment, if anyone figured me out, that it would destroy our group, like the group would be done. And I honestly can't tell you if that would have been the case or not. Um, Did they I mean, know? If I, no, they didn't know. No one knew. I mean, I, no I barely told myself. <laughs> and that's, and that was the lonely part about it is I'm the only one that I could talk to about it, you know? So it's very, uh, you know, confusing. Um, I mean, you don't even have a, a counselor to talk to. You were so scared to tell anyone because you did not want your secret out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was, you know, a hard time and I'm glad that I was able to, you know, be able to be myself uh, and be able to come out uh, because there was just, there was no way I could hide it anymore. I, I just knew that. I mean, I know lots of people even today that, you know, uh, can live that life. Um, and I just, I couldn't anymore. There was just no way of hiding it. And I love hard, you know? And so the first time I fell in love with someone was when I knew, okay, this is, this is what real love feels like. I am, I'm definitely gay and I need to tell my story. Well, one of the things we teach at Leap is go big or go home. And not many people come out on P the cover of People Magazine, right? <laughs> so yeah. I would say that was a go big. Well, I'm, I'm glad that people don't have to come out on the cover of People magazine anymore. Uh, that is uh, an incredible thing to know that it's not such a big deal to come out anymore. Uh, the industry is just full of LGBT artists. Um, I mean, just at the VMAs last weekend, it was such an amazing feeling to walk around the VMAs and see all these, you know, out musicians, Troy Savon and Kim Petras. And I mean, and it's a whole different Lil Nas X. I mean, and I think back 20 years ago when I was doing the VMAs and there was not one out person at all. That would be just, I mean, it would be a, a career killer. It just really would. So just to see how far we've come in this business 20 years from, uh, ago is just incredible. And you know what? I, I want to focus on the 20 years thing because that's a big thing. 
You know, you started in this band 20 years ago when you were 16 years old. You're almost 36 now, right? And you're still relevant in entertainment. And that's a big thing, you know? I mean, a lot of people have these big careers for a minute and then they're gone. You know, how did you stay relevant? How did you continue to stay in the limelight, to stay in entertainment? I mean, I've seen you do stuff. I actually got to be on your show in New York, which was fun. And I've been on, you know, your podcast and all the, a lot of things that you've done. But how do you keep reinventing yourself? Um, I think you have to just keep following your passions. You know, I was so lucky to be able to start my career in such a big way within Sync, which has... Uh, afforded me the ability to do the things that I'm passionate about and that I love. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay in the music industry because it was just too volatile for me. Um, Again, being a closeted musician, it just was not the world for me. And I just, I got burned by Lou Pearlman and our record label and just, it was, it was just an icky uh, situation. Um, So I knew that I didn't want to stay in music, but my passion was, you know, film and television. That's something that I was just way more creative with, even within sync. Like I was the one writing music videos and, you know, doing anything digital. Uh, if it was film television, like that's, that's what I really like to focus on. Um, so I knew when I left in sync, uh, that basically I'd have to start a new career. Uh, and I knew I'd have to start at the ground up and that's what I did. Um, you know, I, you know, with the help of William Morse, I, you know, started creating shows and started as a little junior producer trying to get things sold and done. Um, and it took years to get, uh, it took years to get the cred to, uh, to really start producing real television and film and getting things greenlit. Because if you do what you're passionate about, you know, things are going to, you know, happen the way it's supposed to happen. Um, I know that I probably won't ever be a part of something as big as NSYNC ever. So I'm never, I'm never striving for that. Like uh, I'm never being like, well, if this movie isn't as big as, you know, selling 10 million records, uh, then it's just not, you know, successful for me. Uh, My expectations had to be, you know, lowered a lot with a new uh, career that I was starting with uh, television and film. Uh, And so, you know, I got my feet wet. I paid my dues. I, hosted horrible television shows. I produced horrible TV shows and films just to, uh, you know, really get, uh, you know, to the level I'm at today. And, uh, and I'm happy that my production company is doing just really high quality things now, but you know, it, it took a while uh, to really to get there, just kind of how it took a while for NSYNC to get to the level it did. How do you deal with jealousy? Cause I know there's a lot of it in the entertainment world. Yeah, well, like a lot of it in the dental world, and we're not even as highly visible as you guys are. Yeah, and I don't know if it's much jealousy, but just competition. You know, people and a healthy competition is very good. Look at us and the Backstreet Boys. If it wasn't for the Backstreet Boys, we wouldn't have kept leveling up so quickly. You know, because we were always trying to stay relevant and always trying to outdo them, and they were doing the same thing. So it kept our bands getting better and better. So healthy competition is, I think, really great. But uh, also it can be very frustrating, especially in television and film, because there's so many people, you know, that are creating content right now. Uh, I mean, I just learned a fact today that Netflix gets 600 fully written scripts a week to look at. So, I mean, it is it is nuts, uh, you know, the competition out there. 
Um, and it can be cutthroat, you know, and that's why you have to have the right team. Um, and, you know, in every business, it really is a lot of the times, not what you know, but who you know. Um, and so you have to learn how to leverage all of your contacts along with great content. Um, it has to be kind of a perfect storm for things to be, uh, to be greenlit today. And I think there's something else that we really need to talk about because a lot of young people don't really realize how much work it takes. Like they just think people become famous overnight, you know, and yeah, right. I mean, they really do. You know, I mean, I'm sure you're working all the time to keep relevant, to keep reinventing, to keep pivoting. You know, you know, what is that like? Um, tiring. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm my hands in so many different things right now within sync to me, it was a little easier because I had my, my focus, right. And it was such a juggernaut that all I had time to focus on was in sync every day, 24 seven, never had a break from it. So in a way it was easier because I knew you know, what hat I was wearing. Anyway, uh, wait, what was I saying? Um, wait, what was I saying? Yeah, in sync, it was easy because you had your juggernaut. Oh, yeah. So I'd always have the in sync hat on, right? And it was just so easy to focus on that and know exactly what my role was. Um, but then when I started doing other things like television and film and doing my investing things and my hosting and opening up restaurants and bars, there's so many hats that I have to wear and so many projects I have to juggle. Um, it gets a little overwhelming and that's why you have to make sure that you have the right teams on every project. Um, because you know, I can't be physically running every single one of these companies. It's impossible. So I have to manage all of this. Um, so I definitely have to say I'm, I work harder these days than I ever did within sync just because there are so many different things happening. Um, but NSYNC really trained me at an early age to, to be busy. I mean, that schedule was so insane. So uh, I know how to deal with, you know, with my career now uh, a lot easier because I feel like if I'm not doing anything every hour of the day, then I'm not working hard enough. <laughs> so I'm constantly just. Always- uh, I totally relate. Yeah. If if I were a young student watching this right now and I wanted to have a career in music like you had, what would you say are the important things for me to be doing right now? Yeah. School-wise, uh, extracurricular and whatnot. Yeah. Well, one thing, especially if you want to get into this industry and be an artist, uh, being a musician and artist is one thing. Great. You know, everyone can do that. You can go sing at the coffee shop down the street anytime you want to make a career out of it. It's a business. So I think the most important thing for a new artist today is take a business class, learn the music business side of this, because you have to treat your business as a business. And I think that's a, the biggest mistake artists can have is being like, well, I'm just a true artist. Well, no, then you're not, you're, you don't need to be in this business. Uh, so to have your own back, knowing what's, you know, what's right and wrong in this business, uh, making sure you sign the right contracts, getting, you know, a good entertainment lawyer behind you, um, having, having that in the back of your mind as you start your career is, is very key. Um, on top of that, you know, it's, 
rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Just always work on your craft. Um, just like you see violinists and all that. I mean, they rehearse every single day just to get better and keep your craft, you know, at this level. Um, so you constantly have to keep working on getting better and better. Um, and to really kind of get your foot in the door, which is, I mean, it's different these days. You know, back in, back in my day, uh, you know, it was somewhat a little easier um, you know, to get signed, because if you had someone support you and believe in you, um, then you could go, you know, present to different record labels and they would, you know, sign you. But now today there's TikTok and Instagram and all these different platforms where all these musicians are putting out everything. And so people are getting discovered in so many different ways. So be creative, you know, um, TikTok's a great place to really start a fan base. And I think, uh, labels that are signing people, you know, if you come in with a great fan base, I mean, you have an easier chance of getting signed. Um, and, uh, you know, starting local too is a big thing. So as you're kind of being creative over here, trying on the national stage to get noticed, um, a really great way to get noticed is, you know, locally at your, your local radio station, um, because the support of local radio really helps new artists grow. Um, because it really does take radio to, you know, start your career. So if it's getting to know them, if it's interning at a radio station, um, I think that is incredible to really, I mean, or a record label, but just to kind of get in there, you know, boots on the ground, helping, uh, you know, with an internship at, at one of these places. And there's, there's nothing like learning from the people that are doing it right now. It's, it's the best college you can get. Yeah, those are great points. In your entire career, what would you say was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome that? Ooh, in my career, I mean, the biggest challenge that I've come across is people, uh, you know, now that I've changed the careers into TV film, getting the industry to uh, not look at me as that 16-year-old sync guy. Um you know, that's, you know, people still put me in that box of like, oh, that teenager. Right. And I'm like, well, not that guy anymore. So the thing that I when I first started that was really difficult was, you know, yes, everyone would meet with me, you know, to pitch them shows. But they were only meeting with me to meet me. You know, they didn't really care to listen to my ideas or really green light anything. They just wanted to, you know, meet me. So I didn't know uh, what was real or not at the beginning. Um, and so I had to really kind of navigate that and figure out like, okay, why, why are none of my shows being sold, but I'm meeting with the tops, the tops of every network and film studio. Um, and it's because they just really kind of typecast me into that teenage and sync guy. Um, and so I didn't really get much respect at all as a real legit television producer and writer. I appreciate that. You know, one of the things I love about you, we, we, teach at leap and i always feel like if if kids go to leap and they just walk away with these two things i feel like i did my job number one is don't wait for opportunities make and you certainly do that secondly when you do get an opportunity don't take it master it and you do that as well um i just saw um not a pilot but the first episode of your new show and i think it is phenomenal and it is so far outside the box of like a 16 year old boy band um how did you develop that maybe you could tell us a little bit about it yeah uh it's yeah unicorn hunters uh is just a fun show and yes it's uh it, it it's one of those shows that puts me in a different light uh you know i've been 
a businessman and an investor for the last 10 years, but it's been very private. You know, it's something that the public really wouldn't know. It's nothing sexy, right? <laughs> so be able to talk about. Um, but when this opportunity came around uh, to join this panel of unicorn hunters, I mean, it was just an incredible opportunity to me to show the world what I well, am. Well, who's on the panel, it's, pre it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you, you got Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple. You have the 43rd Treasurer of the United States. You have Joe Biden, CFO. I mean, you have the you know, CEO of SheWorks. Um, I mean, some really, really you know, high-quality people. And then you have me, which at first people would be like, wait a minute. In sync, Lance Bass is like, what, what does he have to do with any of this? Uh, but it's really fun to show people that I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And, and I think people are very uh, surprised at what things that I do have my hands in, a lot of things that I've invested in, um, and to see my entrepreneur side, because even as a kid, I was always an entrepreneur. Uh, within Sync, you know, my entrepreneur brain just went crazy, even as a teenager, of what we should be doing and the different things we could create and the marketing behind it and what uh, merchandise we can do and if we can do this tour over here. So I was, uh, I was always interested in the business aspect of NSYNC. That's awesome. So what's next? I mean, I know you guys are expecting you're going to have twins within the uh, next month or two. Yeah. I mean, next is being the best dad I can be. Um, the kids will be here any day now. So I'm excited to, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, all my projects are kind of all going at the same time right now. And it's the worst timing ever to have kids, but I'm going to have to deal with it and, uh, and figure it out. So I'm trying to button up tons of these projects uh, before I have to take a little paternity leave um, and get everything developed so we can start shooting these uh, next spring. Um, so yeah, I just want to focus You're on, on top of Christmas. You already got your Christmas stuff up. Well, this is actually Halloween. I know. Okay. I, do, I do Christmas Halloween trees. It's a thing. It's going to be the new trend. Get on board. Um, all, right. But, all right. So this is all like Halloween decorated. I mean, Halloween is my, my favorite time of year and I'm super excited that the kids are going to be born before Halloween because if they were born after Halloween, I'd be highly disappointed, uh, but they're going to be <laughs> Halloween babies. Um, so that's going to be incredible. And then, yeah, to continue. And then I'm opening up my brand new club the same exact week also. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be a little overwhelming and, um, but I'm excited. I've been working on this club for quite a while and it's looking gorgeous and I'm excited to open up this dance floor and, bring a new discotheque to the city um, and have a really good time. Well, that's cool. What's it called? Uh, we don't know the name just yet. Uh, it's, it's hard naming a club because whatever you name it, pretty much everyone's going to hate. <laughs> so you got to come up with a name that just works good for marketing and whatever. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what it is. Hopefully, you know, maybe a week before we actually open. All right. Lance, if you had to say, give me like one word that you would live and die by, just like to describe you and what motivates and drives you, what would that word be? Uh, I mean, it's tenacity for sure. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going on. Um, one thing that I've learned is, I mean, you're going to be told no 99% of the time and you can't take it personally and you can't get discouraged. You just have to keep going because that 1% chance is coming. That opportunity is coming. You just got to, you got to stick with it. If you're passionate about it and you truly believe in it, um, you know, I always say 
don't don't put that as their sole thing you know just have other things going on so you can fall back on things but if you if you're passionate about something just keep going because some of my projects that are sold right now it took me over 10 years one project took 15 years to finally be made so uh you know it'll eventually happen but you know i didn't put all my you know my eggs in one basket I love that. Well, we share, I love the doc. We share the word. Mine is also tenacity. Anytime asked me, anybody asks me that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that young students really need to learn is tenacity and how hard you have to work. You know, kids come up to me at Leap all the time say, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, what's the secret of success? It's like they want a pill. I'm like, the secret isn't a secret. You got to work your buns off. That's a secret. And don't listen to the outside world. I mean, there's always going to be people trying to tear you down and, you know, uh, always out, outside influence really uh, affects what you're doing. And so kind of ignore the haters and just keep doing what you're doing. I agree so much. Lance, thank you so much. Congratulations on the babies. I'm super excited for you. When they come, I'm going to come over and uh, I'd love to meet them. And uh, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know the kids are going to love this. You're awesome and stay awesome. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Bill. Super excited. Yay. All right, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.